Before we begin uh, part three, uh, the final part of the Christina show, uh, again, we want to provide the same warning uh, for trigger warnings and for domestic violence, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, sexual abuse, and remind you again of all those terrific charities that you can donate to. And again, we would prefer you do that in honor of this episode and our sister as opposed to um, additional subscribers to Patreon. We'll be back to our usual chicanery next episode, which is uh, Father's Day at the Department of Corrections, which might not sound like it, but I swear it's funny. In the meantime, I just wanted to say, um, I'm sorry, I know this is a heavy episode and it's a series, a heavy series, and, and we're, we're getting through it. But um, anyway, this is the final installment. And uh, also, I wanted to say that at the conclusion of this episode, we're going to be played out by... Uh, a song from the band Semler. And if you want to hear more from them, you can follow Semler on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you prefer to stream your music. Semler's a terrific artist, and we encourage you to follow them. Thank you. Now let's fast forward. Here we are, 2009. Uh, I was just in town. I lived in Flint at the time. And um, I had just gotten home. Uh, a- Amy had cooked some spaghetti, and right quick, um, and we just sat down and we were putting noodles on our plate. And I get a phone call from mom, and she said, "Are you are you home?" And I said, "Yeah, we just got home long enough to heat up some spaghetti sauce." And I can hear from the tone of her voice, I'm like, this isn't good. Mm-hmm. I know this tone. This is the same tone she had in her voice when you know we found out Kent had died, Troy had died. So on. And so my, my question was, is, you know, basically I'm thinking, did Dad get shanked in prison or did David OD? Or did you finally lose your battle with your uh, blood pressure. That's what I thought. That's, I mean, if we're playing Vegas odds, I mean, that's the three options. And uh, she said, no, Christine has been in a car accident. She got airlifted to Grand Rapids. It's bad. I need you to come back. And um, I said, okay, we're on our way. And um, Amy drove. I couldn't. Um, I always, I've always been the one to drive, but um, I got to the hospital and I, I found, you know, mom and, um, it, it was soon after the doctors came to us and said, Hey, um, 
you know, we, we would, we'd like permission to, um, we would like permission to, um, we, we got to shave a little spot on our head so we can, um, check, check to see how much, uh, brain swelling, uh, has, has gone on. And, um, you know, we said, okay. And, um, it was, uh, it was at that moment I decided I, 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 I needed a cigarette. So I left, you know, um, Maude told me that uh, Christina had been in an accident, car accident. The kids were in the car. Um, the oldest boy had gone to uh, the hospital in Fremont, and they had pulled the glass out of his face. Uh, but, the, but the boys were fine. And um, But, you know, she was airlifted. So, uh, anyway, I decided I'm going to go outside and smoke. And... When I am on my way outside to smoke, I am weaving through the hospital. Um, everything's um, kind of a blur. It's, there's not, it's not like complete thoughts. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like it was the same at the time, but like, we're not talking like when you, when you look at something like that, nothing was in focus. Everything was just, it was uh, anyway. The things you prioritize at a moment like that are not rational. No, I was trying to remember to breathe. Uh-huh. And I hear someone yell my name and I'm hearing voices now, which is probably not good, but we'll just add it to the list of reasons I need to go outside. I need to have a cigarette and hopefully I, I still have a Xanax or two in my, I keep a, I just general I'll keep two Xanax in my fifth pocket. Um, cause I occasionally have anxiety attacks. Um, yeah, you've heard the podcast. You can probably figure out why. Um, but I, I hear this. I hear some, hear somebody yell my name again, louder. And then again, even louder. And the third time, I'm like, I'm in Grand Rapids. Nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. But I stop and I turn around and I look, and it's Christina's ex husband, uh, the oldest boy's father. And so now I'm like, fuck, not only am I hearing things, I'm seeing things. And he comes up and he grabs me and he says, I'm glad I, she said, I'm, I can't believe I'm seeing you. I'm glad I found you. And now I'm like, you can't interact with. And so I'm like, maybe this is real. And he takes me into the room, into this room. And, and he's like, um, you know, my, my son's in here. Um, he's like, how's, how's Christina? I said, I don't, I don't know yet. And I told him what was going on. And he said, okay. He said, um, you know, my son, we, we took him to Gerber a hospital in Fremont and they, they took the glass out, but his, his new wife said it didn't look like they got it on. She's, I don't know what she does in the medical field. I think she might be a nurse. That sounds right. And, and so they took him to, um, you know, a hospital, a proper one in Grand Rapids, and just having me the same one Christina was at, unbeknownst to anybody. And that's when they explained to me he hasn't said anything since they picked him up at the hospital. He hasn't said anything to anybody. And he sees me, and, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, and I sit down next to him, and um, 
and he looks at me and he just starts describing the accident, you know, and everything that had happened. And, you know, pours his little heart out about it. And about how he's worried about his mom. Staying there with him for a little bit. And, um, I was a fireman for six and a half years. Um, you know, a bit about emergency medicine of like what, when you find somebody in a certain condition and you leave them in a certain way, what are the odds are going to live? I don't know what they do after they leave, but I just know what I got to do to keep them alive until they get to where they need to go is give them the best chance. So I wasn't going to lie to him and say that mom's going to be okay. I just, you know, kind of said she was there, you know, dad and stepmom picked the right hospital because that's where his mom was. And, um, I was, I was going to go check on his mom and I left and I, when I lit a cigarette, I immediately called a friend of mine who was on that fire department who covered that area. And, uh, he was one that responded to the scene and I pumped him for details that he didn't want to give me. And I said, look, I understand you don't want to tell me, but here's the deal. If it was your loved one, would you expect me to answer the questions? I'm a grown-up. You're a grown-up. We're in the same line of work. Let's do this. And that's when he gave me the only details I needed to know. Told me the truth, which was when they arrived on scene, um, they had to give her a trach. Um... Apparently, her heart had stopped from the impact of the accident. They were able to get it restarted. They had to insert a trach. Um, and they checked her pupils and, and, and found that she um, had what we call raccoon eyes. And that was the part he didn't want to tell me it was about the pupils. So... That told me what I needed to know. But then I had a problem of, do I go up back upstairs in the hospital and let everybody else know what I already know that the doctors haven't come back and told us? Um, I guess for those of you who are not in emergency medicine or on the fire department, uh, raccoon eyes, as we call them, uh, occur due to swelling in the brain. Um, Lisa, I guess it's spinal fluid and whatnot. Anyway, it causes a reaction in the eyes and they look like raccoons. They're big and black. And if it gets to that point, there ain't no coming back. We know that in the field and we use that as part of our triage. Cause you know, those aren't always, you know, those don't always come from one person vehicle accidents. Right. Right. You kind of look and you're like, well, that person's a goner next. Save who you can save. So I uh, went back upstairs and we waited and waited and uh, mom and I turned around and looked and there's the doctor coming back with somebody else and 
We recognized the logo on the person's shirt the doctor was walking with. She had the Right to Life logo on her shirt. So I didn't need to worry about breaking the news to mom. Um, The logo on the lady's shirt gave it away. And the doctor was very put back by the fact of how matter of fact I was about it. About the right to life. And I was like, look, Christina's sister's only around because of these motherfuckers, sort of. I mean, they gave her a bad kidney the first go, but we're we're aware of who they are with their scratch and dent organs. So I said, yeah, uh, we'll donate whatever we can. And they said, okay. Um, obviously, I'm writing the certificate of brain death, so... When, when do you want us to remove life support? And this is the part that shocked the doctor because I told him, and I quote, well, that decision's not really ours anymore, is it? She's gone, so it's whenever this lady here has her patients ready. This isn't about Christina anymore. My mom and I signed the paperwork. That was that. And in all of that, um, you know what I didn't do? Hmm. Call you. Are you sure? Somebody called me. Well, I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember. Maybe I did call you. I remember I didn't give you the... I don't think... There's something I forgot to tell you. I thought I was, I forgot to tell you when she actually passed, but maybe it was just, I didn't give you the update, but no, nobody told me when she passed. Correct. I, remember, I didn't find out till the next morning from your wife. Yeah. I felt by accident. Oh, I felt pretty terrible about that in hindsight. But at the time my brain didn't work. You want, you want me to tell my version of yes, events? Please do. Um, so when, uh, so Christina had moved back in with mom and I, and, you know, she got the car. She got, and at this point, she had given birth to her third child. And um, so when this accident happened, that third child was eight months old. And um, mom and I were at Walmart getting groceries. And we had gotten a call from Kyle. And... Um, he said, Christina's been in a car accident. I need you to come right now. Um, well, he'd, he had less urgency in his voice because we still purchased the groceries. We told, we told the lady that was checking us out to hurry up, and she did. And um, mom dropped me off at home. But on the way there, we had passed the accident. And so we could both see like how bad it was. So mom dropped me off at home. And she went back. So I'm like, I'm just sitting there with all these grocery bags on the floor in the middle of the kitchen. And I saw the vehicle already. So I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is bad, bad. So I was, for lack of better words, panicking. And um, I'm just, I'm I'm trying to put things away in the refrigerator. I'm trying to put the groceries away. Um, But there's already stuff in the refrigerator. Too much stuff in the refrigerator. 
So I'm getting frustrated, and now I'm just throwing things around the kitchen and having um, a, uh, not, not a panic attack, but certainly I'm spiraling. And um, I don't know what to do at this point, but then pretty sure it was Grandma Florence because I managed to get back to the hospital because I was just like, okay, well, if Christina's been in a car accident, I know her oldest child went to the hospital. I didn't hear about her other kids because the youngest is eight months old and the middle one is only, I don't even know if he's quite two years old yet. And um, so I was like, where's the babies? Was it, it, cause since Christina lived with us and she had the third one while she was living at mom's, both of those two younger children, the, the oldest one was living with his dad since they had gone through the divorce and, you know, he got her ex-husband got remarried and all that. Um, so these two children, um, even though they're Kyle's and Kyle is married with his own address and his own children, um, the address for these kids are at our house. And I was just like, well, what's going to happen with the kids? And um, so I grab. Uh, I was like, I don't have any way to identify the children. I was like, so I just grabbed mail with their names on it and from the DHS office. And um, I think Grandma Florence came to pick me up because I had no way to get there. And we got to Gerber Hospital, where I assumed the kids were at because that's where oldest boy went first. And um, Kyle's wife was already there trying to claim the babies. And I was... <laughs> So I was 17 at the time, and that was, like, the most angry and, like, insane I've ever been in my life. I I don't even remember half of it. I think I blacked out a little bit because I was a little nuts, and I, because the cop that was there, um, what, what pissed me off the most is that the, okay, so the kids were just in a car accident, right? Their car seats removed from Christina's car, are now trying to put them in Kyle's wife's car to put the babies in these car seats that have been in a car accident to send them home with this other woman who isn't their mother, who isn't blood-related to them. So I'm, like, screaming at the officer. I was like, I am their aunt. I said, go check their mother's driver's license. I said, this is my home address. This has my name on it. This is my, I think I brought my passport with me because that was the only ID I had at the time. Um, I was just like, this is my passport. I was like, these are these two children. I was like, I have all of these mail pieces that prove that they live with me. I said, these children are coming home with me. And, um, Kyle's wife just kind of like, because she was older, she's, she's obviously already an adult and has children of her own. The the cop just kind of sided with her. He's just like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna send her home, send them home with her. And I was like, they live with us. God damn it. I was like, they live with us. And, um. So I was really frustrated because I was like this, like I'm laying out all of this evidence that they live with us. I was like, why is this happening right now? I was so angry about it because we still didn't know what was going on with Christina. And um, so grandma drove me back home. And at this point, I'm just like, I'm just reeling because everybody's at the hospital. Uh, We just have the one landline and it's slowly like getting out that she's been in a car accident. So people are calling the house. So I'm having to field all these phone calls they're like, well, what's happening? What's happening? I was just like, this is what's happening. This is all I know so far. I was just like, if you want to call mom, if you want to call the hospital, um, I was like, call the front desk. I was like, the, I was like, I don't know what to tell you. And um, so I was doing my best to field those phone calls. And then um, 
at one point, um, Nate, who was my boyfriend way back then, he's, he knew what was happening. And his mom called and said, you know, like, I'm sorry, this is happening to your family. She's like, I don't want you to be by yourself right now. She's like, do you want to come over and just like sleep on our couch for the night? And I was just like, at, at this point, I was putting on my big girl pants and I was just like, I was like, nope, I have a job to do right now. I said, I have to stay by this telephone and let people know what's happening. I said, that's very nice of you. But I was just like, I'm staying home right now. I was like, I, regardless of what's happening, I was like, this is my job right now. And she's like, okay. And um, after a while, like the phone call stopped. And then at like, I don't know, it was probably about seven o'clock at night. I think it was you that had called um, to, to say that basically nothing had changed, but nothing had gotten better. And all I hear, uh, other than like your complete like low monotone voice, is just like a cacophony in the background of people like screaming and sobbing. And I was like, like I I didn't get word one way or the other about what was happening, but obviously it wasn't good. And I was like kind of preparing myself. I'm like, okay. And so after that, the phone call stopped, and I just fell asleep on the couch next to the phone. And uh, people had come home in the middle of the night. Obviously, I had already fallen asleep. And um, And, uh, mom started making coffee. Amy came up the stairs and said, "Um, did you call so-and-so yet to tell them that Christina had died? And I did not know. And that's how I found out. And I'm sorry that I don't want to put that on Amy, but that's how I found out. And I just, like, after I heard those words, it was like, Everything got turned off my body and I was just like, there was like nothing there. I was so numb and I was like, I didn't know what to do. So I'm just like sitting there on the couch. Like there's so much going through your head and you're like, what does this mean? What is happening? Like, like we had experienced so much death in our family, but to have like, there was so much fuckery going on with her in general and for all of it to just come to a stop in that manner pissed me off (laughs) so much that I was like, there's this won't get better. And there's no resolution to this. Like I was so pissed at her leaving at the height of it like this. And I was like, Oh my God. And so I'm, so I'm like sitting there now trying to process this. And like, I'm not kidding. Like within minutes. um, And like, I know she was trying to be like supportive or whatever, but, um, change name, whatever you want. Uh, so our, our neighbor who, um, we, all, all of us kids kind of grew up together a little bit and, uh, she went to school with our parents. Um, she shows up and she walks into the living room and gives me a big hug. Sorry to hear about the loss of your sister, which I'm just like, I'm still processing. And she's got a big bowl of potato salad to, you know, put in our fridge that she is. She's like, Number number one, she's made a meal for our family. Like she's already on it. She knows what to do, and um, so she's just like like I. If you're hungry, like you know, don't worry. I, I made you a meal. He, you got this in the refrigerator. Like if you need anything, call me. And like I'm still like, my ears are like on fire. I can't process anything. I'm like, okay, and um, yeah, and, and she leaves me alone, and then she leaves, and uh, and then after that, it was just a. Uh, yeah, a, a whole bunch of. It didn't get better. That's for sure. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> my mom wanted me to, to to talk at the funeral, 
I can't. She was like, you need to say something. And I'm like, I, I don't have anything. You know, I, I got to give it to Amy. That's, you know, in our marriage, I, you know, um, not a knock against her, but she's not a supportive person. She's, that's not who she is. She's not a loving, empathetic person, but she was everything that I needed her to be, her to be at that time. So that was August 3rd, 2009. And um, here we sit, July 16th, 2023. And um, I can tell you, it's very raw for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're coming up on the anniversary of, of her accident because she was on life support for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, until they got the organ donation stuff ready. Correct. So, um, yeah, and dad wasn't able to go, was not able to go. Yeah. Obviously he was doing his, as you just learned recently, third, uh, Uh stint now. Nah, and there's still people I don't talk to because they didn't intervene when they knew what was going on. And, um, that's not some grudges I'm going to be able to let go. I'm a pretty forgiving person overall, (laughs) but like if you do something wrong to me, I'll get over it, but. Um, my first set of kids I had, you wrong them. I ain't ever forgetting that. So. It was rough, especially I'll tell you that, um, you know, being a parental figure, um, uh, for you guys, it's, it, it feels a lot of a personal failure. So. Well, I said the date today. It's going to be a while before this episode comes out because I'm <laughs> well, going to tell I you mean, this one's going to be hard for me to do post editing on. Mm-hmm. So I promise we'll do a fun episode next. But I mean, out of all the ones for season one, this was the one that I know that we were least wanting to do. Yeah, we kept. I was like, do you want to do this one? And he's like, no. I was like, OK, let's do a different one. And then it just eventually yeah. it's kind of the only one left. Yeah. I mean, we still have Father's Day at the Department of Corrections. <laughs> yeah, we do. And we have the Roundhouse series to do. Um, but those those involve other folks uh, right. being involved. I'm not trying to do any spoilers there, but obviously we, we want some Roundhouse folks to be involved uh, for those. And uh, for Father's Day at the Department of Corrections, it would make sense if the balance of the living siblings were. <laughs> yeah, it sounds weird to say. Uh, but true. Uh, it'd be cool if, if we were all there. Um, um, 
before I wrap this, do you, do you have anything you, you want to add? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many things I guess I could add, but I guess what would be important to add? Yeah. Um, it just felt like such a robbery. Somebody was finally yeah, that's, getting their life back together. They finally made the right decision. Well, that's just it. I mean, she she had gone so far into this with uh, just the fuckery of it all. And it's sort of one of those, like, once you hit rock bottom, the only way you could go is up. And, like, she got it so so far out into left field of, like, she she couldn't go anywhere else, and then once she like like you said that one man was just like, nah, like you're a piece, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, wait a minute, <laughs> she's like, I'm still a hot young thing, and he's like, yes, ma'am, and she's just like, oh, and uh, she kind of got that spark back a little bit, and she started to pull away from him, and then when she moved back into mom's, it's like yes, like keep keep coming, girl, and then she had got oh that was the other so, um, when she had gotten that job um she was working there for a couple of months she had already given birth to her third child and um he is she and i are having a conversation and he's playing on the floor he's probably about five months old um she says to me um can you do me a favor and i said maybe (laughs) um she said um she she would often uh go in because i don't have driver's got a car or a driver's license. Um, she had your car. She took all. my opportunity. Um, even though I had a bank account. Um, so I, I would occasionally have money in it and I'd be like, Hey, if you're running into town, can you either put this money into my account or can you withdraw? She looked enough like me and could forge my signature that the you know bank teller was like, Oh yeah, this is legit. Um, and um, so she knew how much money I had in my account, which wasn't a lot, but it was like, I don't know, 400 bucks. And so she's. It's a lot. Uh, for me, yeah. it was a lot. By was, the way, 2009, middle of the financial crisis. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of money. For not having a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not having a car. <laughs> I was like, someday I'll save $900 and I'll get a, a real clunker of a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just like, here's the deal. She's like, I don't get paid until. Because she had just gotten hired in, so there was like that extended period that they don't get paid for, and um, she's just like, um, "I need three hundred and fifty dollars," and I said, "Bitch, what?" And she's just like, "I," she's like, "I don't get paid." She's like, "I need the money now." Um, she's like, "I promise I'll pay it back," and I was like, "What's it for?" And she like very coyly points at youngest one on the floor playing on the floor, just old enough to sit up. Um, she's like to get rid of one of those. And I said, are you fucking kidding me right now? And she's just like, well, and I was like, Christina, you just got this job. I said, they will. I was like, Michigan's a no fault state. They will fire you if they find out that you're pregnant. I was like, for this job, you have to lift the elderly. Mm -hmm. You will lose this job. I said, this is your way out. What the fuck? I was like, make him wear a condom. What is wrong with you? It was like the whole thing just like blew my mind that she was this stupid. She's come this far and she's slipping already with something this big. And I'm like, I wanted to kill her. I was like, I <clears throat> rightfully so. <laughs> As my anger is very palpable right now. I've got to flip this whole fucking table just thinking about it. Um, 
So I was just like, what the fuck? She's just like, I, she's like, I promise I'll pay you back. And I said, how long is it going to take? She's just like, if I make an appointment next week, uh, she's like, they can get me in. And she's just like, it's like, and she's like, and then I take medication for a little while afterwards. And I was like, <sighs> and I knew deep, kind of like the car thing. Like she had to have the car to get to this point. And I was like, if she doesn't have this done, she will lose this job and she's mm-hmm. fucked. And then also she's going to have a fourth child and she's super fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anybody with four kids has lost their mind. So. Um, hi mom. Hi dad. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, fine. I was like, do it. I was like, I don't, I was like, don't even involve me. I was like, just fucking do it. And, um, she's like, okay. So she went and had it done. And, um, then like, like it was like three months later she was gone. So like I was at the time I was like really grappling with like, yeah, I'm pro choice, but now I'm like literally having to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the TikToker that goes to the abortion rallies with adoption papers. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. I know. Um, So that like morally, like at the time, you know, I'm still, you know, 17. So like at the time that was like really like, I don't know. It was too, it was too much for me to like, really, if I had to think about it too long, I was be like, no, don't like, cause this is like my future niece, nephew possibly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, you just get to have fun with them and no responsibility. Yeah. At that. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. And, um, uh, so I was just like, if I think about it too long, I was like, just, I was like, I know you're trying to get back on your feet. I was like, just fucking do it. I was like, don't involve me. And she's like, okay. And then, um, that, she finally got her paycheck. She gave me all my money back. So I, she was, she was good to her word, mm. but, um, then her ultimately dying a couple months later, I was like, okay, so I, I guess if I want to think about it that way, I guess that child was never meant to be. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the fact that we were like doing so much for her and like, <sighs> Just to have the rug pulled out when when things were like finally on the upswing, you're like she might get out of this. She's got two kids by this idiot, but she she might get out of this, and then just fucking it was all over like that. And you're like, well, what now? What the fuck do we do now? And we're still kind of there, aren't we? Yeah, that that, that, that has not changed. I. Still, um, it's soul crushing to no end. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to try to even contemplate any part of it now without crying. Um, it is, but I've got through this entire episode and haven't taken any Xanax. (laughs) So... I mean, even if I'm not my usual witty self at the moment, I, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. That's, that's, I guess what I got to say about that. Uh, with that being said, um, good time to bring up the, uh, national domestic violence hotline. Their phone number is 1-800-799-7233. And that's 800-799-7233. Or you can text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788, anywhere in the United States. Um, 
And you can also find additional resources at womenslaw.org. In case you don't have a friendly hippie, uh, you can shine the cherry bear uh, spotlight up uh, up in the sky uh, to page. Um, you you have anything else, uh, Ms. Sandra? I'm sure I do, but... It's, um... It's hard for me to talk about this later part of her life with that, because that's mostly what it left me with, was anger, and I've never... Like, nothing was resolved. Like, both fathers got custody of the children. Mm-hmm. Um... The two, like, well, I guess the oldest one, technically, but we haven't seen them since. They just kind of left with the kids and lived their lives and have not involved us since. So um, every year on their birthdays, I'm like, okay, well, they're a year older now. Wonder what they're up to. Wonder what they're like. Wonder if they know about us at all. Yeah. Just the, the waste of it all. Correct. I mean, the, the, the path of destruction was complete. You got that right. Well, on that chipper note, uh, we'll, we'll end for today. And instead of playing the, um, usual outro, um, uh, trying to sell some Patreon memberships. Uh, we'll do we'll do something else. Uh, we'll play out. Uh, and no, I won't be a smart Alec and play uh, a Pink Song Family uh, <laughs> this time. We'll, we'll play out with um, "Hallelujah in Your Arms" by uh, Semler, uh, one of my current favorite songs. So, thank you guys. Until next time, and uh, I swear uh, we'll have something more upbeat and funny this next time. Yeah. <laughs> This we're going to have to because that I'm going to have to, I don't smoke, but I might have to smoke a cigarette after this because I'm yeah. so fucking pissed off. Definitely need a pellet cleanser after Ooh. this one. That's a special one tonight. So Sometimes I just go to her gravestone just to go flip her off. It, me too. Because I'm too. so mad at her yeah. still. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, here we'll we'll end on a high note. I'll talk about her gravestone. Speaking of which, so our mom believes she's a green thumb of some sort, and I mean she does well enough with plants, so she keeps flowers up for Christina's grave, and that's you know cute and yada yada yada. That's very nice. Yeah, you'll notice our uh, uh, episode cover today is going to be her headstone. Totally not morbid, and because um, it's also artwork, I don't have to wait on Sandra for, and. Technically, that is my work. I picked all of that out and the graphics and the font and the spacing and, and the kerning. And you did do the picture that's actually on her headstone, too. That's right. I photoshopped that you shit, did. too. You did. Uh-huh. Because you had to photoshop out her uh, first up. I'm husband. way ahead this time. Bitch. Yeah. Some work you already did a decade ago. But <laughs> way to reclaim the credit. So anyway, uh, our, our mom was paying doing- tickets for Da Vinci shit that's century years, year, years old. So I... I'm fine. Yeah, well, that stuff's good. So, <laughs> so anyway, our, our Bob, the green thumb, always keeping up the flowers and everything. So I'm out there once with mom and this is still when I lived in Flint. So it was a trip. And every time I go into town, I want, you know, whenever I was back home, so to speak, quote unquote, I would uh, I always stop at the cemetery to visit our dead relatives. It's a, it's a day trip really for us. It's a lot of people. So 
Anyway, I'm out there with with mom and uh, Amy and uh, the kids. And, you know, the kids are out running around playing in the cemetery because they're used to being in a cemetery. They don't have reason to fear of cemeteries because that's where all their loved ones are. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, mom points out the fact that obviously she had used, because she's cheap, she's Dutch, she reused um, a planter that obviously had a tomato in it before because there was a tomato plant growing on Christina's grave. And she says, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I'm not going to lie, mom. Um, the only question that leaves me with is if you eat the tomatoes off that, are you a cannibal? (laughs) (laughs) And with that awkward (laughs) silence, we're going to call it a night. All right. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, we love some of you but definitely not all of you until next time. And Christina, may your memory be eternal. Good night. Well, I don't know who you think I am, but I belong in the promised land. I don't know who you think I am, but I'll be ready at the father's hand. I may never know money. I'll never know fame, but I wrestle too long to lose my name. I got a mouth full of blood. My knuckles are blue, but I'll sleep real good. Baby, how about you? Baby, how about you? I don't know who you think I am, but I belong in the promised land. I don't know who you think I am, but I'll be ready at the Father's hand. Father's hand, oh Lord, take me home, where my soul is good and grown. Oh Lord, take me home, I won't have done this walk alone. I don't know who you think I am, but I belong in the promised land. I don't know who you think I am, but I'll be ready at the Father's hand. I don't know who you think I am, but I belong in the promised land. I don't know who you think I am.